It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. And here we go. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's a Tuesday, and today we're going to talk about a couple of numbers. All right, yeah, I got words to go with those numbers. But, you know, I got some numbers on shifts and strikeouts. Some intriguing things coming your way in just a moment. Also got some other news and notes to get to. But first, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the many platforms that you can find your podcast on. Also, check us out on Twitter at Lockdown Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. may try to get to a text or call or two here later on in the show. But I found this interesting. I don't know if you saw, if you're not subscribed to The Athletic, I highly encourage you to do so. But in The Athletic, Jason Stark wrote an article about some numbers that define the season. Some very important Numbers And the first couple of numbers that he wrote about were strikeouts and shifts. And they really were intriguing things to look at. The first one, of course, and I think it's been a hot-button topic for a couple of years, is the whole idea of shifts. Everyone thinks, like, we got to get rid of shifts. Shifts are killing baseball. Like, there's, there's fans and there's even some talking heads that want to get some kind of rule in place with Major League Baseball that shifts are no longer allowed. First of all, I think that's dumb. I myself believe that there should not be a rule against shifts because then you're taking away part of the strategy. I think it is kind of weird already that we're you know forcing teams to bring a pitcher out for an entire inning for three outs or, or you know, whatever the, uh, the limit is there because I, I get it. Y- your idea of speeding up the game. I'm not necessarily one to sit here and say that, Oh man, we, we got to speed this up. We got to make it faster to make it more compelling. I think you can make baseball more compelling without making it faster. That's just me. But Banning the shift is a non-starter. And there's actually a lot of interesting statistics, especially when it comes to the Reds' part of hitting against the shifts. Last season, in 1,665 at-bats against a defensive shift. Now, this this encompasses all of the shifts, not just you know the the traditional ones even if there's a wacky one like i i got to believe that in some in some way like i read the fangraphs definition of what a traditional shift is and i'm still a little fuzzy 
on how all of that works. But David Bell, early on in the season, I know most of you know this, you're listening to a Reds podcast in the offseason, so you are a great Reds fan. But but you know that early on in the season, David Bell was employing this shift where he would move an infielder into the outfield and he had four outfielders. So I don't know if you call that a traditional shift, but whatever. Regardless, these numbers are talking about all shifts, not just your everyday run-of-the-mill moving three infielders over to one side. This is everything. In 1,665 such at-bats against all those kinds of shifts, the Reds hit 314. They had a batting average of 314 against the shift. That's good enough to be in the top 10. The Reds were the ninth best team in Major League Baseball against the shift. That's pretty good. That's a nice... A nice little number there. And, you know, they were in the middle of the pack when it comes to extra base hits. and uh, But they were back in the top 10 for on-base percentage. They had a 310 on-base percentage against the shift. And they were actually ninth in slugging. That was one thing they struggled with overall was slugging. But against the shift, they slugged 403 as a team. Left-handers, right-handers, what have you. Jason Stark, in his article in The Athletic, mostly focused on a lot more shifting against right-handers, and that is why if you look at shift statistics, which I don't imagine most of you do because, I mean, I'm a little crazy. I understand that. I'm weird. I like to look at all these different stats and all these different numbers. You probably have a life. and so. To explain that to you, just basically everyone was shifting a whole heck of a lot more. There was a lot of shifts going on in Major League Baseball. And overall, the Reds were pretty decent against them. Now, when you look at weighted runs created plus, if you get into the more sabermetric statistics, the Reds were in the middle of the pack, 16th. They had a 78 WRC plus against the shift. So overall... It really didn't change the equation when it comes to the Reds. In fact, Eugenio Suarez, who most of us agree is now the face of this team as far as the lineup is concerned, Suarez hit 341 against the shift. 341. <laughs> That's pretty good, man. 341 against the shift last year. He had 200 at 208 at bats against the shift and in his career he's batting 342 against the shift so whenever he sees the opposing team's defense align in a way that they think they're going to get him out he just laughs and he gets a hit anyway gotta love that about Suarez looking at a couple of other guys too against the shift I, I, I just think that we talk about the shift is killing baseball, you know. There's no hits against it. There's, it's making baseball unwatchable because you've got all of these guys and they know exactly where the ball is going to be. There was even an article, and I don't know if you saw this, there was an article on ESPN.com. This was uh, last season. So not even the 2019 season. 2018, July 2018, I believe is when it was. An article on ESPN.com that says that Stop telling hitters it's easy to hit against the shift. It's not, and they're proving it. 
these guys are professionals. They know how to put the ball where they want to put it. I mean, uh, why are we paying them millions of dollars? Why? I mean, we're not paying them. Why are professional baseball franchises paying a guy a million dollars, a couple millions of dollars a year, Joey Votto's case, 20-something million dollars a year, if the other team just puts a bunch of guys on one side of the field and he doesn't know how to hit it to the part where they aren't? I mean, it seems pretty simple, pretty simplistic. Just hit the ball where they aren't. The Reds got a couple of guys who are pretty good at doing that. Now, it was interesting to look at because Aristides Aquino has the smallest sample size of anybody on the regular team who we figure is going to factor big into next season. He had 43 at-bats against the shift. He hit 326 against the shift. He had 14 hits. Five of them were doubles. He only hit into one double play against the shift. So it's not as if that is a given against him. And then lastly, just some numbers I jotted down for Joey. Joey, against the shift, has a 310 average last season. 268 at-bats against the shift. That's the most for any red leg hitter. And in his career, he's hitting 329. So like I said, lots of numbers. I'm throwing numbers out there at you, but I've also got some words to go along with them. Just overall, the shift, while it has become such a prominent subject in Major League Baseball circles and folks that love to watch the game, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I get it. You're always looking for an advantage. Just just look to Houston. We've got all this crap going on with the Astros stealing signs and using technology to steal signs. They're trying to gain an edge. And now I know I haven't really addressed that on the podcast. That's because to me it's just whatever. There's an old saying when it comes to sports. It's like, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. I get it. It's kind of it's kind of sucks. And there were some uh, player takes between Kevin Gosman and Trevor Bauer when it comes to the Astros stealing signs back in 2017. And some say that maybe they might have been this year, but whatever. I don't know. But they had the take of you know there were guys who got sent down to the minors. There were guys who lost their jobs because they didn't perform well against the Astros. And I'm like, okay, I I guess I kind of get that. But if a team was waiting to see how their pitcher fared against one of the best teams in baseball that season, I think they already made up their mind there. But So I I just, it's not that big a deal to me. But overall, the name of the game is to win. And if you're trying to win, you're looking for an advantage. The shift, some think is an advantage that needs to be taken away. I don't think it's that big of a deal. And the Reds' numbers have proven that. Here in just a minute, we're going to talk about strikeouts. And I got some other things that we're going to get to in just a moment. But first, real quick though, have you checked out the offer that we have with Blue Chew? Go to BlueChew.com. And if it's your first time, enter promo code MLB to get a free order. You just pay $5 in shipping. Blue Chew has the same active ingredient as Viagra or Cialis. So it's going to help you perform better in the bedroom, and it's going to help you please your partner more. With that same active ingredient, though, it comes in a chewable form, so it works when you need it to because it's fast. Chew it, 
and do it with Blue Chew. And the awesome thing is you go to the website, enter the promo code MLB for your first free order. You also answer a questionnaire from their online pharmacist. And then after that process is over, it gets shipped to you in a nice discreet package. There is no awkward in-office doctor visit. You're not waiting in line at the pharmacy or in the drive-thru at the pharmacy, whatever have you. You don't have somebody handing you a box of pills and giving you that side eye because you just want a performance boost. No, it gets sent to your door via bluechew.com. And through this introductory offer, you can get your first order free. Just enter promo code MLB. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Reds podcast. We talked about the Reds and hitting against the shift in the first half of the show. I want to focus now. Jason Stark had mentioned strikeouts and talking about how for the last 14 years, 14 years in a row, not some combination of, you know, 14 years in the last 20. No, no, no. For the last 14 straight years, the strikeout totals in Major League Baseball have risen. Think about that. Consistency like none other. That, that's where you get that whole tradition like any other. Tradition like any other, batters striking out in Major League Baseball. It's gone up every year for the last 14 years. Last season, a staggering total of whiffs as you look across the sport. 42,823. 42,823 at-bats ended in a strikeout. I can't wrap my mind around that. Now, the interesting thing about that was the Reds comprised 1,436 of those strikeouts as a team. That is by far the most. 60 more. 60 more than the last time that they set a record for the most strikeouts in a year by, by the Reds, by a lineup. That was last year. 2018, they set the record for that. Two years in a row, they've upped the ante on how many times they can strike out in the season. Before that, the team record was 2004. Now, here's the depressing part, right? You're like, oh, man, <laughs> you're talking about they've set records two years in a row. That's, that's not that great. Here's the depressing part. 2019, first year ever. We celebrated the 150th season. Of the Cincinnati Reds, the team that began professional baseball in its 150th year hit a mark it had never done before. They struck out more times than they recorded a hit. Think about that for a second. The entire year, the Reds had more strikeouts Van hits. They had 1,328 total hits, and that sounds all right. They struck out over a hundred times more than that. 
Absolutely phenomenal. It's funny because you've got all these guys that are talking about three true outcomes and how three true outcomes are killing the sport. And what they mean is walks, strikeouts, or home runs. So it's one of those three, three true outcomes. As Jason Stark points out in his article in The Athletic, it's not three true outcomes that are, quote-unquote, killing the sport. It's the strikeout. Think about it. You, you, you spend... I mean, most folks, I mean, especially when you go into a Reds game, the Reds are one of the most reasonably priced tickets in Major League Baseball. So say you want a pretty decent seat. You pay 20 bucks for a seat, right? Maybe you're taking your family. That's 80 bucks. <laughs> you want to get food. I, I, for me and my wife, that's like 60 bucks. I, for a family for, man, I don't know. I hope it's not 120 bucks, but whatever. Arbitrarily, let's say it's 100 bucks. So you spent 80 bucks on tickets, you spent 100 bucks on food, and you're sitting there and you're watching whiff after whiff after whiff. How adamant are you to return with your entire family to the field to watch that farce? I can see where the whole idea of you know non-baseball fans guys guys who aren't necessarily even casual baseball fans saying boy man baseball man baseball's going by the wayside baseball's dying and now i don't necessarily agree with that and maybe i've got rose-colored glasses on when it comes to that whole idea because i love baseball more than any other sport and probably cannot level with what it looks like for a guy that doesn't like baseball. But at the same token, if all you're doing is watching your favorite team run a guy up to the plate, good morning, good afternoon, good night, he's walking back to the dugout. I could see where you wouldn't like that. I could see where that would be annoying. I don't know how the Reds exactly fix that you know maybe they get some more disciplined hitter they did have a lot of aggressive hitters this season no one including Joey Votto no one walked more than they struck out but that's not necessarily a norm you don't really see a ton of players who walk more than they strike out to to say that you need a disciplined hitter enough that he walks more than he strikes out you're kind of looking for Bigfoot on that one. I mean, Joey Votto did it for most of his career, but Joey Votto is an exception. He is not the rule. I, I think we are moving to a game where strikeouts are okay. And I don't necessarily know how you fix that. And part of that is, and Doug Gray has mentioned this before when he's been on the show, part of that is pitchers are just so amazingly good at pitching. They've had years to perfect their craft. They've had guys who have gone through their whole careers perfecting their craft, and now they're passing it on to them. Rookies come up from the minor leagues throwing 100 miles an hour. Not just a role as Chapman anymore. There's plenty of guys that are throwing the ball just insane velocities. And spin rate now with, with, with the Edgertronic, 
technology and the, and, and the different camera systems that they have now, they can tell you exactly how to grip a ball, exactly when to release it, how to snap your wrist, make it look just insane when it comes to the break and curve and all that different stuff. This is the pinnacle of pitching. Uh, guys probably, you know, back like 50, 60, you probably don't even have to go that far. Guys who are in their prime. Heck, could you imagine, uh, let's look at some guys from the past. Right? Could you imagine Greg Maddox with this technology? Now, he is the top of pitching. Nolan Ryan, those guys are the top of the pitching pedestal. But if you add in this technology, they wouldn't get better? And what does a better Greg Maddox look like? Like, unhittable, pretty much. I just think that when it comes to this era of hitting, and I've gotten way off topic, but when it comes to this era of hitting, as fans, we're having to endure a lot of strikeouts. Now, maybe it comes down here soon. Maybe it's a situation that they can fix. But when it comes to the numbers, this, the, the strikeout numbers are absolutely staggering. And the Reds are coming off a season in which they struck out more times than they got hits. But that's, uh, I don't know. That's just, that's one of those things that, I don't know. We're, we're going to talk to Wick Terrell. I got Wick on the podcast tomorrow. Might be the first question that I ask him. So, Wick, I know you're listening. Uh, get ready for that one. How do the Reds strike out less next season? But uh, uh, some other things to look at. One of the things that's uh, going on right now, Adam Dunn appeared on the Hall of Fame ballot for the first time after you know retiring and uh, as a Reds fan, and as a huge Adam Dunn fan, he was one of my favorite Reds. Still is one of my favorite Reds. I, I have an Adam Dunn jersey in my closet. Love Adam Dunn. Would love to see him get into the Hall of Fame. Arbitrarily, it's probably not going to happen. When you go to BaseballReference.com and you look up Adam Dunn's pages, and, and I know most of you guys probably know this. This isn't that foreign of a notion you you're probably being realistic about this and you're like yeah i don't think adam dunn's making the hall of fame but we enjoyed his time as a red uh, baseball reference has this whole thing this kind of system that they have for determining a player's hall of fame status and there is not one metric. I'm not going to read them off to you, but there, there's not one metric where Adam Dunn matches up to even the average Hall of Famer. So I'm just getting you ready. Now, we're being really realistic on today's podcast, but I, I mean, I'm just, I just want to set your expectation for this. Adam Dunn is probably not a Hall of Famer. I hate to say that because I wish he was. I wish I, I, whatever happens, happens. I just don't think that that's going to happen. And I said the word happen a lot there. And then the other piece of news was there is a power hitting outfielder from Japan. His name is 
Yoshitomo Sutsuko. And eh, hopefully that's close. I think that's pretty close. But Yoshitomo Sutsugo is now available. He got posted by his team in Japan. He wasn't necessarily available for free agency until 2021, but he made it known whenever he began his career in Japan that his ultimate goal was to make it to the majors. And he's had a crazy couple of seasons Over the last three years, he's hit over 140 home runs. That's pretty phenomenal. But he is going to be on the list of just about every single Major League Baseball team. We'll see what the Reds do with this. I mean, there's no concrete rumors connecting any one team or any couple of teams to Sutsugo. But at the same token, I don't think that he is a guy that the Reds can totally count out. Now, I did see one comparison that he would be a all-or-nothing sort of hitter. He's either a home run or a strikeout, which he'll totally fit into the last thing that I've been talking about for like the last 10 minutes. But at the same token, I think he's a guy that the Reds should look at maybe signing. He might be a little expensive because depending on the contract that you give to him, you also have to pay a fee to his team in Japan. And there's different things there that you can uh, check out when it comes to the fee for the Reds to acquire Yoshitomo Susuko. Anyway, that is going to do it for today on the uh, Lockdown Reds podcast. I know I went a little long. I was long-winded today talking about strikeouts and shifts. And I know that's probably, uh, you know, uh, no hot stove talk really whatsoever, except for Yoshitomo Sutsugo, and I don't even know how big. I, if you're asking me, if you're saying, hey, Jeff, what's the chances that Yoshitomo Sutsugo is a red next year? I, 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 I wouldn't put a big number on it. I'd probably say, I don't know, a 20% chance. That might be high. I don't know. Be interesting to see how that all works out for the Reds. But they need to be in on everybody. They need to improve the team. We're trying to make the playoffs. It's like Nick Crawl said, contending is an insult. Contending means that you were just good enough to lose by only a little bit. We want to win. We're looking for guys who can make the Reds into winners. That's going to do it for us today. Tune in tomorrow. Download tomorrow. There's no tuning. Download and listen tomorrow. We've got Wick Terrell on the show. We're going to talk about the offseason. So much to talk about. that. This is the most important offseason for the Reds in recent memory. I've said that many times. But plenty to talk about with Wick Terrell from the Red Reporter, the guy in charge of the redreporter.com. Check it out tomorrow. Make sure you're subscribed. Also, follow us on Twitter at LockdownReds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And save that Lockdown Reds line number into your phone, 513-549-0159. Thanks so much for listening today. My name is Jeff Carr, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.